Okay. Good morning, everybody. We're going to try this again. Good morning. Are we, are we on? We're on. We're good. Yes. Okay. So uh, now earlier we had talked about, we kind of want to touch over CPTSD and PTSD, the difference, your triggers, um, that kind of stuff. So do you, I know I was diagnosed with CPTSD. So Fallon, have you been diagnosed to show um, signs and triggers and stuff? You know, what's crazy is I know that I was told that I was going to have like some kinds of signs of PTSD when I was going through counseling many years ago. And I didn't even know about PTSD until you and I just recently been talking about it. Um, and CPTSD, looking it up, corresponds with long-term trauma versus more like one huge traumatic incident in your life, which is PTSD. Thank you, Crystal, for letting me know what that was. Um, yeah. I, I do notice that I have a fight or flight instinct. So if I'm in an argument <laughs> or somebody's yelling at me, I'm definitely in shutdown mode. And I, I'm not a coward, so I'm not one to like back down, but I definitely, it's overwhelming for me. So my insides start shaking and I start crying and I'm an emotional crier where I just, like, I can't even think, I can't process what's going on around me. And, you know, somebody may be like, just talk to me, talk to me, tell me what's going on. There's not a way of words at that time to articulate, like, you've pissed me off. Why are you saying this? Why are you doing this? So right. for me, I just automatically shut down. Right. <clears throat> so I didn't even know that CPTSD was a thing until I started therapy, which was early 2020, I think January, 2020. And the way my therapist explained it to me was same, same thing you said, like CPTSD, uh, the C stands for complex. So you could get it from a traumatic childhood or um, a long-term abusive relationship. And <clears throat> I always thought PTSD was for people who've been in war, you know, and that was it. Like nobody else had it. And right. moving forward, it was my triggers were more like um, all my, most of my triggers came out more when I got into a healthy relationship. So if, if I knew that my partner was upset about something, could be anything, the smallest thing, I would start shaking, um, maybe shut down, fight or flight. But my mind was more what was messing with me because let's say, let's say he said, I'm going to cook dinner tonight. The simplest thing, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, he thinks that I should cook dinner tonight. And he's trying to tell me that like in a gaslighting type of way. You know, or he doesn't mm -hmm. think I'm measuring up to um, his ex expectations of me. So maybe I should just take over. Um, things like, I, uh, my current boyfriend has a five year old daughter. So, like, if he says, um, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to go do her laundry, like, that is something that is expected of me, which it's, it's not. But in my mind, I feel like it is. Then I start thinking, like, oh my gosh, you know, he wants me to do it and he's just being spiteful. So he's saying he's going to do it. And, and none of that is real. It's just the way that our minds react to a simple statement or question, because 
um, of the trauma that we've endured in the past. It's, let me tell you, it's a bitch. I know, you know, too, but like your, your own mind messing with you is a hard thing to overcome. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Mine was, um, so I didn't even really notice that I had had any more. I mean, it's been years. Like I said, I left him in 2009. Well, mentally I left. Right. Um, Physically, I couldn't leave until I actually had an actual plan, and it took me a whole year to leave. But um, a couple months ago, my niece was driving down the highway, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this in one or two of the episodes, but the girl being abused in the car next to my, my niece was screaming for help, not like screaming, but you could see it on her face. She said, help me. Oh God. And my niece was on the phone with my sister and was like, what's well, weird. And so my niece was explaining to my sister, like what was going on? My sister's like, you need to hang up with me right now. You need to call 911. And he's like, Oh no, you know, it's fine. Whatever. Just, you know, people here in Springs are really weird. And my, my sister's like, no, no, you really need to hang up and call 911. So they got to the stoplight and my niece sees the lady in the passenger seat and the guy in the driver's seat and the guy's reaching over and just pounding on her. So at that, wow. Hayden, you know, my niece said, okay, well, I'm calling 911. She called the cops. She followed the car, got the license plates, everything. I didn't realize how much that had triggered me. Right. Until my mom was telling me about the story and I'm driving and I am just shaking and I'm just crying. And I'm like, at that moment, that could, that was me. Right. That was me in the car. <clears throat> I have people around me at stoplights, stop signs, intersections, whatever, to scream for help. Right. So uh, the you were only having... You were having um, flashbacks then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Severe. Severe. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, even in the previous relationship, I had flashbacks. You right. know, um, when I met my current ex-husband, when I met him, we were on the floor wrestling and he put his arm around me and was trying to hold me down. And I lost my mind. I, hands, arms were flailing. I was screaming. I was crying. And of course, you know, with that, he didn't really know what I had been through. Yeah. And he, you know, he stopped and like sat there and was like looking at me. And he's like, I, 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 I don't, I don't know what just happened. I, I wasn't trying to hurt you. And I was like, it, it's not you. It, it's not you. And I should yeah. be okay with you tickling me and we should be okay wrestling. And the kids were even in the room and it was just, we were all in a dog pile playing around yeah I, I remember kicking I remember kicking him I remember kicking my kids like I it literally just sent me through the roof so every thing even though you think oh I'm good I'm healed I can talk about it I'm okay you're always going to have that little piece in your brain that's like ah oh, no you're not <laughs> right yeah yeah flashbacks <laughs> were a huge thing for me too um yeah flashbacks and then what was the other one I had it in my head but 
Um, anyway, so that's, that's a really big thing I talked about in therapy because, oh, intrusive thoughts is the other one. So like I could just be randomly driving to work and I'd get these intrusive thoughts followed by flashbacks. And those thoughts would be like, um, things that he said to me, uh, things that, especially when I was going through therapy is when a lot of thoughts suppressed or thoughts that I had suppressed were coming up. And because, you know, when you go to therapy, that starts to dig up stuff that you've purposely forgotten. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I would just be driving down the road or I'd be on the phone with a friend or whatever. And these thoughts would just pop into my head and I'd all of a sudden go into flight or fight or flight and I'm by myself. And it's like, you have nothing to be afraid of. You're alone, you know, whatever. But that those intrusive thoughts and flashbacks are for real. Like I, I never really understood it until I went through it. But when you have a, a flashback of a physical or mental incident that was traumatic to you, it's almost like you're reliving the whole thing over again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like I said, you know, this is where I went 2021. I've, I've actually had the kids' sperm donor go to my son's graduation party, drove from Texas to North Dakota, or I don't know how they got there. I didn't ask. I don't care. Um, and I was fine. It was almost a, like liberating for me because I was like, look what I did. Look what I did. Right. I raised your kids and he graduated four months early compared to all of his other classmates. I, I created this man to do these things. Right. And, you know, 2019, he, you know, 2018, he went and stayed with his dad. There's a lot of um, stuff that happened between 2018, 2019 with Seth, my son that, you know, probably for another date or maybe episode or season two, whatever. <laughs> um, right. When in 2019, he was still living down there in Texas with his sperm donor and we all went down there and it was Easter. It was my daughter's six, uh, 15th birthday. And we went to the beach. We were like, you know what? We're down here. We're going to go see Seth. We all wanted to go see our nieces and my, my nieces and nephew or their cousins. We wanted to just go and have fun. So I was like, let's go. And we went to the house with Seth, my son, to the sperm donor's house where all of my traumatic trauma happened. And mm. it was really... I was way, I was really like, please don't let me smell anything that's going to trigger this. Please don't let me feel anything that's going to trigger this. Um, and I kind of suppressed all of that inside of me. And I was like, I am better. I am okay. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. I am healthy. I don't need to have those thoughts. Let's just go and see where, you know, let's just go. Let's just see where this goes. Let's go. So pull in and we'd show up and I'm numb. There's no feeling. None. There's no emotional attachment. There's no nothing. Except for I have my children. You are just people I, I know from the past. And that's how I put it. 
you're just acquaintances that have come into my life from the past. You don't affect me. Right. You don't control me. You don't have anything that is hold, it's held over me. Right. And we were happy. We sat there and talked with um, his family for a little bit. And I went and got a soda from the gas station. I came back. And my, my, my family, sitting up on the deck by themselves, and I said, well, where did everybody go? Oh, they're downstairs in the mechanic bay. I'm not going in that bay. I don't want to go in that bay. I know what's happened in there, and I don't want to go in there. Uh, and I said, well, has anybody ever, has, have, did they, anybody else come up here and talk to you guys? And they were like, no, we haven't seen anybody for like five minutes. I said, well, I guess they won't miss us when we leave then, will they? And we got up, walked down the stairs, got in the truck, and we were like, okay, bye, and we drove off. Left. First time wow. that they had seen my kids since 2007. I spent so, five minutes with them. You know, that's, um, a lot of that is, why I can't come up with my words today, Fallon. <laughs> Disassociation. I, and disassociating yeah. is, is huge for me too. I've been told by my current boyfriend that I have no soul <laughs> because if we're talking about an emotional subject or whatever, I, my face just is blank, you know, and I can be around people, like you said, that were in my past or, um, not my ex, that's a whole different story, but like just people that were surrounded in during that time of my life. And I have no emotion over it. It's, it's the weirdest thing, but it's disassociating is part of, um, CPTSD where you just shut down your emotional connection to anything and it sucks, you know, like, yeah, we have, I consider myself an empath and I'm, I'm sure you probably are too, but I lost a lot of my empath abilities with disassociation because I just don't have emotions about things and it sounds evil, but that's just how it goes, you know? Yeah. You'll, you'll slowly start getting all of that back. Um, Cause right now yours is still pretty fresh. Uh, I disassociated myself from everybody for four years. Yeah. I couldn't, I was sad. I was hurt. I was that but oh my god i mean 2000 from 2009 to 2011 my life was shit mm -hmm. absolute shit i was homeless with three kids slept in a car with three kids um kicked out of my mom and dad's house slept in a small room air mattress with my kids while my sister slept upstairs in a comfortable bed and my niece had her own room i was not allowed to be in the living room or the kitchen when my sister was out. Um, my mom snuck me in. The kids were allowed to stay, but I was not. Uh, mm. I had other people take me in, make sure I was okay, make sure my kids were, you know, okay. I, my life became hanging out at a bar so my kids could have Sunday lunch because they yeah. would have a um, football party. Uh, I ended up from house to house to house to house. I had walking pneumonia in 2010 into 2011. 
um, April 1st of 2011, my mom said, we're, or about May 28th, 2011, my mom said, I'm coming to get you and the kids. Well, I don't have a choice. I didn't have a place to live. I was, at that point, I was sleeping in a hotel. Oh, I, was wow. lucky. I was lucky that I had yeah. a church and some people around me to help me get that hotel. I tried jobs. I tried working. I, I went to Walmart. I went to McDonald's. I tried everything. And they were like, you're overqualified. You don't qualify. Um, whatever. <laughs> overqualified. My kids are hungry. Can you tell them that I don't, I don't make, I, I exceed your expectations to feed my children. Yeah. I hate that. So, you know, I mean, when I left to North Dakota, I, I left to better myself, better my life, better my kids, better everything. Um, I lived in my head as you can, if you've overcome all of that stuff with him, the kids is dad, you can overcome anything, anything. And, you know, from the previous episodes, the try, do better, try harder. I have done better. I have tried harder. I have excelled and exceeded my expectations of myself. And to have somebody not proud of me, the person that's supposed to love me, worship, you know, cherish me and be there for me, not proud of me. I was like, you know, I just, I feel as though I'm back in that life of not good enough. Yeah. So now, you know, here I am again. Um, going to rebuild everything again by myself. And I am better. I don't need to try harder. I don't need to be better. I am better. I'm better every single day. I wake up and take a breath in the morning. I am better than I was yesterday. Always. But a congratulations, I'm so proud of you, goes a whole lot further than try harder, do better. And I just, you know, people with the empathy, if you, if you had it before, you will get it again. It will come back to you. It does take a lot of time to find that in yourself for self-healing. Um, one thing I do say with that is sometimes I wish it was gone. <laughs> right, yeah. Because the things that I feel, you're, you're, your language says, I love you. I want you. I want to be with you. But your energy, your, the words that you're not saying are so much louder than you are putting out there. Oh, yeah. And I oh, used yeah. to tell, I used to tell my ex, not the kids' as dad, I used to tell my recent ex that all the time. I hear you. I hear what you're not saying. And I love you. I am sorry you're going through this. And he, he wouldn't understand. He'd be like, what are you talking about? When you're sitting there quiet and you have this really lost, sad look on your face, the emotions that you put out there for an empath is like overwhelming. Yeah. And the only thing that we can do is just hug you. <laughs> like, it's okay. And I'm not just hugging you. I'm hugging all of you. 
And it didn't matter how many hugs I thought I tried to give him or I thought I was giving him. I was pouring more of my energy out than I was giving or getting back. And I was draining myself. Right. And losing myself. And my smile was gone. My laugh was gone. My ability to see light at the end of my tunnel was gone. Right. Because I was so busy worrying about, am I good enough? I love you. I'm sorry. Let me make dinner. Even though you don't like my cooking, even though I'm not good enough to cook for you. And let me make you dinner. Let me try. Let me clean the house. Let me, you know, make sure your laundry's done. Let me make sure the house is clean. The, the sheets are clean every day. Like there was nothing I could do for him that he would say, okay, stop. Right. You know, now you're overdoing it. So but, I have a question. Yeah, but that's it. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you. Um, so for me, whenever I'm in large groups of people, and I've kind of always been this way, but more so like worse after I started having the PTSD. Um, so like if I'm at a concert or a really crowded Walmart or something like that, how do you react to that kind of stuff? The stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the person you're with. Um, so. <laughs> like, does that kind of I, stuff bother you? Um, sometimes, sometimes I get a little overwhelmed, but the one thing I can say about massage that is really, really, really good for an empath is to learn how to channel. Yeah. Taking everything around you and squeezing that core inside of you and just channeling all of your energy right there, that has saved me so many times to not let myself, like I've said before, bleed all over people. Right. Um, or allow people to bleed onto me. Right. So one thing with an impasse is I know when my client lays down on my table, that they hurt before I even touch them. I yeah. know where they hurt. I know how to help them. And sometimes I have to say prayers for them because I am telling you the stuff that they're dealing with inside is almost as far more as what I'm dealing with. And because right. I'm going to put my hands on them and put my energy into them, I need to make sure that I'm safe, that my body, my feelings, my overall, everything is safe. Right. Um, I also have to make sure that uh, I'm not going to, oh, I can snap. I've snapped a few times in Walmart because, you know, it doesn't matter what I've had during the day or if I, you know, had somebody almost hit me in the parking lot or somebody ran a red light, like it can trigger you really quick. Yeah. Like your thoughts just start flying everywhere. So then when you get into something, you're just like, ah. <laughs> Right. Um, another thing is um, I, I have noticed that um, Kratom. So I know we've, we've kind of discussed a little bit about Kratom and what it's, how we, you and I met through Kratom and stuff. Um, but I just wanted to make it really clear, like 
I don't take Kratom because it's a prescription drug. I don't take Kratom because it's um, something to be other than. So last year when I got diagnosed with depression and um, severe anxiety, like more like anger anxiety, uh, they wanted me to be on this medication that would have, if I would have taken one pill, it would have taken me a whole year to get off. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I don't want to put anything else in my body. The depot shot really scared the crap out of me. I did not want anything else in me. Right. So um, I'm at work and I mean, when I say it's a bitch pill for me, huh? huh, I have, I've actually saved myself from hurting people and myself on Kratom. Um, I take Kratom and within five minutes, I'm like, all the anxiety, all the sweat, all the fear, all the hate, all the heat and fire inside of me just dissipates and it's gone. Yeah, I agree. No side effects. Yeah, no side effects, no harmful chemicals, no harmful feeling, no, nothing like, um, you know, oh, oh, well, if I take, if I take one of these, I'm going to have to, now I'm going to have to wing myself off for a while. This is something that I take as needed. Um, I don't have to take Kratom every day. Those of you who are interested about learning about Kratom and anxiety and PTSD and whatever, ask the questions on Facebook. I'm more than happy to explain it to you. We could even do a Facebook live where Crystal and I are actually talking about that. But right now, um, if I didn't have Kratom, that anxiety, that fear, that um, anger-driven CPTSD, I guess, is like, I will hurt somebody. And more yeah. than most, I hurt myself. I have bail I money. I just don't want to put it cool in to, <laughs> It would be cool to do a Facebook Live on that. That would be cool. I'd, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm sorry that we're going to have to cut this one really short. We kind of started a little late. Um, as some of you guys know, I do have a full day spa. Um, my client is actually currently waiting for me and I don't want to make her wait any longer. Um, like Crystal and I said, we would love to be able to answer any questions you guys have on Facebook. I will post some stuff on there to kind of go over the difference between PTSD and CPTSD. We would love to elaborate a lot more on Kratom. Um, go a little bit more in depth and hopefully tomorrow uh, well, no, we take off Saturday and Sunday just because we need a life. So we'll recap on Monday. Um, make sure you guys do a um, help. I need coffee. Let us know what we can do for you to help you. Yep, I was about to say that. Yeah. Um, I am starting the hashtag help. I need coffee. I am starting hashtag uh, toxic coffee. So if you guys want to share our link, share our page, invite and share your stories. Um, maybe Monday will be a story day. We could have um, a few people come on and discuss some of the stuff that they've been through. If you guys are yeah. interested. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. Sam. Good. Of course. To yes. Thank you. And I really hope everybody has a great week. Um, and we look forward to talking with you guys again on Monday. Yep. Have a great day. All right. Beautiful. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.